And today's controversy is coming from yet another member, or should I say, members of the hip-hop community. A new podcaster signed under Jive has teamed up with views out of North Carolina Wait, what in a quest to redeem his title and bring North Carolina and Maryland to the forefront of the line. We're going off! I can't tell if you're referring to, uh... uh North Carolina! Come on, everybody! God damn it, I knew it. <laughs> you got something you wanted to talk about before the bevy of uh, music we have to review this week. That's right. I went to a uh, hip-hop website, Hip-Hop DX. T-Pain claims Kanye stole one of his lines after telling him it was corny. <gasps> right? Oh, no. Clutch the pearls. Like... <laughs> If Kanye hasn't done enough, now ruffling the feathers of one of the internet's newly found darlings, T-Pain, might be going a bit too far. Yeah, yeah. So he says, uh, let me tell you about the time that one of my corny lines got stolen. T-Pain began during a Twitch live stream. He stole one of my corny lines after he told me it was corny. I got beef like two burgers. You niggas win slow and I'm smarter than Steve Urkel. Now... He's like, keep in mind, the Winslow family, right? You know, corny as fuck. I knew it was corny when I said it. So, yeah, Kanye was listening to it, and he was, like, you know, holding his hand up to his chin and kind of, like, bobbing his head. And then he heard the Winslow line, and he was just like, hmm, don't ever say that. <laughs> you know, like, this is why I say corny lines, because in my heart, I know they're corny. But if the right person says it, it's not corny anymore, apparently. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got beef like two burgers. You niggas win slow, and I'm smarter than Steve Urkel. Rolling down a window, too many Urkels on your team, that's why your wind's low. Now, I will edi editorialize a little bit here, and I will say, actually, uh, if I, just for my money, if I'm looking at the construction of the line, I do think Kanye actually did kind of frame it better, like, because he framed it more simply. Too many Urkels on your team, that's why he wins low. You know, like, that works. But the fact of him saying, no, nah, that's corny, don't use that, and then, <laughs> but I'm going to use it better. It's like, come on now. <laughs> like, what if it was like, don't ever say that because I've already got that one lined up and people are going to think I'm ripping you off if you say that, like... He definitely did frame it better. I do got to give him that. Did this nigga try to get me to not say my shit so he could say it? It's funny because in my head, I forgot about that line entirely until you said it. And then I remembered the fucking line. In my head canon, I thought that was a Drake line. All of a sudden, I'm hating because I, I, you can't fill up a stadium. Yes, I can. I've done it. But I've also let people hear fucking finished songs. Oh, man. I'm just saying, like, when someone in the industry saying this shit, and T-Pain has no reason to be like, oh, I'm just hating for no reason. Like, no, he's fine. He has no reason to just be talking shit for no reason. He was just like, nah, you let them buy an unfinished album twice. Come on, son. <laughs> we gotta start with Switchfoot. And, oh, yeah. uh, this album here, this album right the fuck here, was requested by Jared Levi, Levi, I still haven't got clarification. I, I believe uh, Jared Levi, yeah, yeah. Levi, it's nothing is sound by Switchfoot. And, um, it's, it's an album. It's actually funny, I did a Billboard uh, Top 100, uh, Top 100 stream, which you should totally uh, join if you're listening uh, <laughs> on, my, on my Twitch uh, stream. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, goddamn fucking hiccup interrupted my masterfully uh, integrated... Oh, I gotta uh, do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My masterfully integrated uh, uh, advertisement. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, no, I remember hearing, like, it was like we did 2004, we were on the year 2004, and then a Switchfoot song came up, and I was like, hey, <laughs> that's how I remember doing this week. And it was one of those songs where it was just like, no, this actually does sound like a, you know, like, if I heard this on the radio, I probably wouldn't switch the station, but I would not actively think of, what, this is a Christian rock group? Oh, uh, okay, <laughs> you know? I always thought that Switchfoot were more like if Creed didn't suck. I, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Because, like, <laughs> Creed was a little more obviously Christian than Switchfoot, and even on this album here, was very interesting to me, because I didn't remember Stars until I heard it on the album, and I was like, oh, yeah, I do kind of remember hearing that back in 2005, um, but definitely didn't get nearly as much radio play as Dare You to Move, Ooh, was that them? I didn't even think. It was uh, Meant to Live and Dare You to Move. I remember hearing that song on the internet. Like it was some Those were of, huge. It, it, it was like a Newgrounds video I remember seeing, and I'd never heard the song before. Oh, it was wow. Like, yeah, Newgrounds of all fucking places. And it was just like, hey, here's actually an inspirational video amongst all the you know other videos you watch about like, hey, I'm 10 years old and I figured out, you know, Flash, let me make a like, you know, R-rated version of Pokemon game, you know, a, a Flash game, you know what I'm saying? So I remember watching all those videos, then coming across that one, I was like, oh, this is oddly inspirational. Yeah, like, a, I dare you to move. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. You just brought that back to my mind. That's why I just wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> and like, I remember kind of liking Meant to Live and Dairy to Move for what they were. Like, mm. they absolutely weren't what I was listening to at the time, mm. but Switchfoot was always just kind of okay to me. I never really hated them or never really there, loved them right? one way or yeah. another. So when I, when I listened to this album, I was kind of surprised at how, dare I say, anti-capitalist this album is yeah i was like "Ooh, okay let's get it let's fucking it's uh <laughs> it's weird like i love it though it, it definitely plays it safe yes but i really do wonder if like typical christian conservative rockers mm. fuck with switchfoot because they seem a little too left-leaning in their message, you now, again. they are a little spicy in their messaging, but you know some of the people are, are, are maybe not uh, smart enough to get what they're trying to say. Ultimately, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, it is extremely <laughs> subtle, is the thing. Like, it's um, a, it, you know, I'm not. I don't want to exactly say a system of a down because they are not the exact same energy. Oh, but God, in the sense no. of like, oh, there's a definitely something deeper that they're saying here. But yeah, maybe the more uh, uh, you know uh, conservative uh, you know fans might not be actually keying in on what's going on. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if if conservatives are saying that they love Rage Against the Machine, they clearly don't what? See, okay. pay attention to the lyrical content. And this is my bit of a thing with a just sorry, this is a mini tangent. You know, people say like, "Hey, if you didn't get people to understand the message enough, and racists and bigots still are getting the message, maybe you didn't do a good enough job." But it's like. Ah, maybe sometimes we're kind of underestimating how stupid bigots are. Because, <laughs> like, if you didn't get it with system of a down, like, come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, anyway, getting back to it, though. Getting back to it, though. Um, I wanted to say, though, like, when it comes to, like, yeah, Chris, you talked about Creed earlier. You know, th yeah. there is this feeling in general, because I want to bring up another uh, uh, group, where it's like, where you feel like sometimes people are doing, like, okay, you know, I feel like on a certain level, at least for me, there's nothing wrong with being like a Christian artist or whatever, but when you feel like you're trying to sneak it in 
and trying to act like that's not what you're doing, that's when it feels insulting, right? Like uh, another group, yeah. uh, P.O.D. They were one of those groups where it felt like, like I remember heard one of those songs, uh, a couple of those songs I was listening back to, I was like, oh yeah, oh, wow, I can't remember, I forgot. Yeah, that was that group, that was that, wow, they were known for all these songs. And then hearing one yeah. or two songs and being like, wait a minute, you're trying mm. to say, like, make like a Christian song, we're trying to like sneak in it, oh, fuck you, asshole, like, I know what you're <laughs> doing. You know, it, it's that thing where it's like, where, where it's like, are, like, you feel it, it where it feels like the artist is embarrassed of being Christian, you know, and so yeah. they feel like they had to sneak in. But then on top of that, you also have these Christian rockers who are like, they feel embarrassed to be Christian, so they have to make the subtle message, but then they have their other song where it's like, uh, uh, what was that fucking DC Talk song? If I say I'm a Jesus freak, what would people think? Like, shut up. Christianity is absolutely the normalized religion in America. Stop acting like you're, like, fucking victim. You know, like, that's what I can't fucking stand from certain, like, uh, you know, Christian, uh, groups, right? You know what I mean like um but with this group I, I i didn't get that feeling i get that i got the feeling that it was like no this is our message and we want to say it in an artistic way and you know sure it may be our thing but you know that's what it is and like like you said earlier it's like maybe it's not like you know oh my god blowing you out oh my god you need to get this album right now but it doesn't feel embarrassing first of all like as a christian rock album they definitely don't beat you over the head with it yeah and i appreciate balance. that is that bad like like, I mean, we just talked about... <laughs> That's right. is, is that what the show has become? We fucking <laughs> talked about Kanye last week, and now we're doing Switchfoot? We gotta do one fucking Christian album a week? We gotta show you how uh, Christian music done right. <laughs> God, you know what? Or I thought was adequate, really funny. Adequate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fucking Christian rock done passable. <laughs> right. <laughs> when I looked up the album on Wikipedia... I just wanted to point out a couple of these reviews, first mm, of all. Mm. From Cross Rhythms, mm -hmm. a Christian media organization mm. uh, operated in England, mm. they gave it a smashing, dare I say, 10 out of 10. Ooh, ooh. And Jesus Freak Hideout <laughs> gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Oh my. So, with their target demo, they were knocking it out of the goddamn park here. They got it sewed up. As far as the mainstream uh, media attention, kind of middle of the road, pretty much how I felt about it. Like, it's okay enough. The big hit was from the last album that I... that, that was the la Yeah, the last album had the two big hits, mm -hmm. and this had the minor hit stars which apparently like peaked at number 16 so that's like wow. well yeah that's pretty well I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i gotta rephrase that 16 on the modern rock chart oh okay so yeah not on the hot 100 i think it was like <laughs> i think it said it was like 68 on the hot 100 okay. still that it even cracked the top 100 is still kind of impressive yeah yeah you know they're gorilla songs that didn't need, that that were like the biggest yeah. hits on certain albums that didn't even crack the fucking bubbling under 100 chart you know what i mean oh like, god that's when yeah. you hate it you're like oh come on like that's that's insulting don't even tell me at that point when it's the, the 25 bubbling under 100 it's like oh god that's just embarrassing <laughs> Yeah, that's the fucking pity bone you're throwing them at that point. Part of the verse in Lonely Nation to start things off. I think it's a pretty good way to start off the album, especially in the message that we were kind of talking about. Uh, we are the target market. We set the corporate target. Yeah. We're the slaves of what we want. We're just numb and amused, and we're just used to bad news, and we are slaves of what we want. This does kind of sound like boomer get off my lawn type talk but 
We are the Lonely Nation. We are the disenchanted, the disillusioned. We are the remnant of lonely souls wanting more than anything we could buy with this cold, hard cash. I wrote this song while we were playing a stretch of rock of rock radio shows. I'd walk around near the back and just breathe in the loneliness. Masses of lonely, scared kids. I remember thinking about the irony. Here, you have the connected generation of online communities. Instant Messenger. TM... I don't know what that is. MySpace and cell phones grows more and more lonely every day, saying how it's ironic that we're more and more connected to people online, but still manage to be so alone in real life. I get you. I didn't really get that in the message, besides yeah. the, we are the lonely nation. Didn't really expound on that well, I too didn't much. get that from a digital, like, speaking about social media... Yeah, wise. It just felt like a general, like, atomization and, and loneliness, you know, spurred by, I mean, I guess we can, you know, if we were to pull back the full layers of it, yes, capitalism and how it uh, alienates us from other people through work and shit like that. But, you know, yeah, just in general, sort of like talking about like, um, God damn it! Now I'm looking at the note for stars because God damn it, I like that song. Uh, but <laughs> I honestly, I didn't even have too many notes for that one. I thought it was one of the better cuts on the record for sure. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the one I would have picked to be the leading single. But um, while I get the stars. Oh man, <laughs> he can fucking yell, man. Yeah. He, he actually, th- there's a lot of like, yeah, on this album. It's like, all right, he's fucking going for it. And just showing you that line right there, like, like, if there's it, like. In that moment of just like, you know, the build up of what happens and then just like that boom, boom when I look at the star like it hits you in a way of like like yeah. this album, listening to this two thousand five album, I-, I think I was talking to you recently about like, man, I feel like like rock artists I ain't really doing it like that anymore. And maybe there are out there yeah. that are like, you know, just not in the mainstream and popping it like that. But like when it comes to the mainstream, like mm, we used to be able to just be able to like, you know, pluck which best ones we wanted, right? Like even the you know, and even you and I it seemed to uh seems that Ard Ming, like, yeah, this probably ain't, like, the best rock group out there, but, like, goddamn, they knew how to give you that drop right for the hook, though, like, they knew how to do something that made you fucking remember this shit, like. Between Stars and the other highest rated cut for me was uh, Daisy, the last cut. Mm. The Daisy Let It Go, ooh, yeah, that chill-ass joint, yeah. Everything kind of in between kind of got, you know, threes, the occasional three and a half. There's some two and a halves, though. They're interchangeably fine. Although, I will say, yeah. I think I actually enjoyed some songs where you did. Uh, I thought the next track uh, on here, Happy is a Yuppie Word. I thought that was a really fun one. That was good. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it, it, interestingly cynical <laughs> as a song. But, like, yeah. it's like it's cynical, but in that same way that still has a legit happy sounding, like, bit to it, you know? Like, it's weird. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure this falls under the anti-capitalist message, though, also of, oh, like... of course. Yuppie is an odd term to hear. Even for 2005, it feels dated. Basically, what they're implying is that, like, as a yuppie, they basically mean, like, those who can afford happiness. And, and see, yeah, that's where it's kind of, like, a, an interesting sort of... It's like, you know, like, the idea of, like, oh, I'm happy. It's something that... Well, yeah, if you're rich enough, maybe you can, like, call yourself that side of thing. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and it was more... Like, it had an interesting uh, um, aggression to it, musically, too. Happy is a yuppie word. <laughs> like, the guitars would, like, stab and cut through, Ooh. too. This album is way angrier than <laughs> it leads on. Mm-hmm. It's weird. 
because then you get a lot of other songs that are so... I mean, I'm not saying these are the worst cuts, but just in like a way more toned down, like Shadow Proofs the Sunshine is a very understated cut. See, yeah, because I, I actually really enjoyed that one as well. Um, it was all right. You know what's funny? Have you ever played the game Life is Strange? No, I know you were talking about it, though. That game has so much music that feels like like this track in particular, where it's like that sort of indie feeling, but like, oh, but it's still like, you can get into it, though. Like, it's one of those games where it's just like, oh, yeah, I feel like the soundtrack really sold this game. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Whereas, like, even now, I'm like, like, oh, when I get the urge to play that game, I'm like, but I could just listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> you know what I mean? On Spotify. Uh, uh, we're crooked souls trying to stay up straight. Dry eyes in the pouring rain. Well, the shadow proves the sunshine. And it's one of those things where it's like, th that's what I like when people do things that are like, it's not directly just trying to say, hey, be happy. Here's positive music to tell you to be happy. But using like this metaphor to be like, the shadow proves that sunshine is there. It's like, so, like, it's one of those immediate things like, yeah, so if you're going through the dark port, but like, but doesn't that kind of like prove that the good things are there by the fact that you can have that comparison to the good and the bad? And it was like, oh, like, wow, you just made me like think about life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at the lowest rated cuts here. They're actually all in a row. Come to find, <laughs> that only seems to happen with me. Um, and they're not even low, low. Just lower. Uh, the Setting Sun, which I thought was a more generic kind of cut. Let me see. Yeah, that, that was all right. Again, uh, yeah, Radio Ready, you know. Um, Golden, which I thought sounded sweet, but is kind of meh overall. Yeah, I wasn't sure what it was about. <laughs> it was vaguely positive, but you know, <laughs> you are golden! <laughs> I also kind of got mixed messages on politicians. I pledge allegiance to a country without borders, without politicians, watching for my sky to get torn apart. We are broken. We are bitter. We are the problem. We're the politicians. And I was like, what? And it was like, what else? It was like, wait, are you trying to say like, I'm a politician, but for the better world of, you know, the coming of, of God, I want to be the politician for that world. But then it sounds like he's saying like, but we're the broken people. We are the politicians of this imperfect world. Like, it just didn't seem like the metaphor was finished. Yeah, like... Yeah, it kind of lost me. It was like, yeah. you're you're blaming the politicians, and then it's like, but we're to blame because we're the politicians. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> the message, it should be like, when it gets to that chorus, you're like, but when I look at the star, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I want for these songs, right? Where it's like, even if you don't get the message, but like, oh, you're still here for that hook, though, right? You know, and, and that's what you kind of have to judge, you know, these type of songs on for. Although I will say, just to bring it again, the throw it back in Kanye's face, I guess. It's like, here's this Christian rock group, and it's like, I felt more, even in the weeds of these songs that didn't feel like, kind of felt muddled, you know, in the messaging. Like, overall, I still at least got the idea that they, they wanted me to be a better person in this album, you know? Like, I at least got that, like, you know? <laughs> How did you feel about Easier Than Love? The album's vaguely anti-sexuality track. I guess where they lost me is where they were saying, like, it's easier to love. And I'm sitting here there like, easier than than what? Like, what, what point is trying to be made here is where I was lost in that. I, maybe I was just too hung up on the just kind of awkward, like, sex and advertising is bad, and I guess if your overarching message is about capitalism, it fits and it works and it kind of fits into that. But 
it's hard. It feels like it's dripping into being directly anti-sex by proxy, right? It's hard to look at them as a Christian group and not go there. Yeah, yeah, you know? I feel you on that. So many people have went down that road of like, you know, sex, like sex and advertising is bad, porn is bad. So it's not a, it's not a stretch to assume that they would think that also. Yeah, although I will say they did kind of get me with the on the hook. <laughs> So, like, listening to it just kind of go, like, you know, the, so, like, taking it as a, like, this is a 2000s rock song about how, like, isn't corporatocracy lame, you know? So, like, when it fits into that and then it has the, you know, fitting with the, like, you know, I'm so annoyed and, like, that sort of it. So, it it, it got me enough that that it it, it made it so, like, I wasn't actively thinking about the, the points that you're bringing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, the thought is there, but it's like, as as an artist, you have a job, which is to make me, you know, uh, in general, when it comes to the messages that you're bringing in your song, if you can make it so that it's not like, you know, oh, here's the message song, time to take your vegetables, everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I think you're doing at least an admirable job, you know? Like, how many songs have, like, whatever messages in them, but you don't mind because, oh, but it did so well at, at delivering that message, you know? So yeah. I think the only song I actually have explicitly negative notes about is the blues. blues. Um because there's like weird moments of voice cracking and like an awkward flow in his singing. Mm. I thought it was a well-written track and that kind of goes for most of these songs is that I think they're all well-written. And I just think the biggest crime for most of these would just be that sometimes they can be a bit boring or a bit meh. I see that, yeah. But I think that's the worst they... It's the worst as they get is boring. And, and, I, and I'll even say I actually kind of like the blues. I, I like the blues. Uh, I thought I thought that that song captured the melancholia of what they were mm. trying to do well enough. Uh, the part where it's like, oh yeah, when they said, uh, it'll be a day like this one when the world caves in. And it's one of those, yeah. like, those lines that makes me like, oh shit, is it today then? <laughs> you know? like Yeah. <laughs> you know they, I mean? they really do have a way of, uh, of making you think with some of these. And it's weird how what? pessimistic this album can be My sometimes. Soul, despite being like... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what'd you give this overall? I gave it a three. I gave it a four. I, wow, okay. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was fun enough to, you know, to stay... Like, I thought it was above average, right? Enough to be like, huh, okay. Like, every one of these songs had me feeling like I would listen to this if this was on the radio station. Even more so, I would listen to this if this was on the Christian radio station, right? Like, if this is on there, I pro- I would not re- change the station. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> a, a lot of the time, if I'm flipping through a radio and I come across a Christian station... <laughs> and you can tell. <laughs> it's very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he did everything for me. It's like, okay, well, he's probably not talking about his uncle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, though, uh, this would trick me. I would not be so quick <laughs> to assume if I came if I came across this. This is very, very middle of the road between the Christian contemporary and secular stuff. This could definitely appeal uh, both sides of the aisle, which is rare, I feel like. Yeah, like genuinely, yeah, yeah. So good on them. I have no idea what they're doing these days. But this album from, like, 15 years ago is okay. Hey, hey, look at that. (laughs) So, with that said, going off, we're about to do it again. 
Let's get into it. The Champagne Poppy himself. Champagne Poppy. Oh, man. <laughs> this is the fourth Drake release for Going Off. In the past, we have reviewed such hits as Episode 60, Views. Episode mm. 102, More Life. Mm. And Episode 255, Scorpion. Oh, did we ever do If You're Reading This Is Too Late? Nope. Oh, wow. Nope. So we're back again with CLB, Certified Lover Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, my expectations were very low. And yeah, I mean... Th- and the thing is, the thing is, Drake is not terrible. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, he is someone who, like, uh, uh, like, he, he, like, from the start of his career, was like definitely lyrically there, but you could totally tell that he was relying on gimmicks. You know, like he totally yeah. was doing this to get the love song with the ladies, and in the way where you could, like, you know, it's like it's one of those things. Like, I can't even enjoy it too much because like, it's so calculated what you're doing. You know, like. <laughs> So, I don't even know exactly why I was, why I always get filled with such dread when, and I think it's because they always tend to be so long, especially Mm -hmm. since Scorpion was long, this one's long, and I gotta make a point, I gotta point this out, because uh, Fantano made this point in a video leading up to the review, and... It plays into a line on this album that I'm going to have to reference. So, because I think we even talked about this yesterday. We were talking about, well, not yesterday, but last week with Kanye and how you have so many songs on your album that you're clearly trying to game the streaming game mm-hmm. in the algorithm. The yeah. algorithm. We got so many. It's obviously going to be it's going to take up a lot of time. You're going to have a fuck ton of streams because you've got so many songs. There is a song on this album. It's on In the Bible. Oh my god, that song of all songs. Uh, right after reviewing a Christian uh, rock, <laughs> they have this one song called In the Bible, which has nothing to do with the Bible, by the way. It's just <laughs> Lil Dirk, in his verse, says, Drake's song do a billion streams for sure. <laughs> and so Dirk here is insinuating that a single song of Drake's will have a billion streams, which I get it. That's unrealistic. I know you're exaggerating. Yeah, brag, get it. What I gotta point out here is the number one most streamed male rapper on Spotify is. Wager to take a guess. Drake? Lil Nas X. Oh. <laughs> who just recently overtake who just recently overtook rather uh the baby as uh, well, the most wow. streamed male rapper on Spotify. Wow. Lil Nas X has like five songs. <laughs> right, right now. Yeah, yeah. Like and, and when he did his last album it was only like seven, wasn't it? Yeah, like the, the most streamed songs the like I think I saw Industry Baby had like 100 million yeah, and you've got Old Town Road, you've got Panini, you've mm. got Montero, which did really big numbers. But, yeah. like, Holiday didn't do that big of numbers, I don't think. So, like, yeah. you're looking at a man who, like, real- realistically, 
like five or six really big songs. And Drake isn't even in the conversation, and he's been going for how long? Well, I mean, just the the fact that he, you know, you bring up this point, the fact that he feels that he needs to have, what, 21 songs. And what is thing. it doing? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, well, if you look at the Billboard Hot 100, there are fucking half of them are on there. That's <laughs> exactly what we said was going to happen. Yeah. That happens every fucking but, week, and then they're yeah, gone they're the next week. Next week, yeah. <laughs> we'll have one or two songs that'll stick around. And all the other ones will shake off by then. Yeah. Oh, but, excuse me. That was with Kanye's album, actually. Yeah, I looked oh. at uh, a bunch of Kanye's songs are on there this week. Uh, oh. like this week. But yeah, and the highest one is the one with the weekend, as I as we had kind of predicted, like because that's the best sounding one. It's the yeah. one people are probably gonna want to listen to the most. <laughs> but on here, Drake is joined by a bevy of musician friends. Uh yeah. some carry over. Uh, from the Kanye album. Yeah, we got Jay Z. Uh, yeah, Young Thug was on both. Oh, that's true. That's true. I almost missed Lil. I almost missed Young Thug's verse on this album too. <laughs> There's a real uh, Disney DreamWorks situation. Ah <laughs> oh, man! Last week, for those who didn't listen to our Kanye review, uh, there was a song that Kanye had with Young Thug and. Who is it? Someone else was on that, wasn't it? Either the baby or a uh, little baby. I'm guessing little baby. And if you can't remember who it was, it was probably little baby. And I didn't make it to Young Thug's part because I bailed before yeah, I got to you. his part. <laughs> and on this album, I almost did the same, but I realized <laughs> I can't be doing that twice in a row. So I stuck around, and I can't say I felt rewarded. You you need to listen to it this time to specifically have that feeling of, oh, hey, this young third verse is starting off kind of interesting. And, you know, no, yeah, it kind of, kind of drops off at the end. You need to have that experience because it seems to happen every time this album included. <laughs> Drake, Drizzy Drake, Champagne Poppy here. He has right. got two modes on this album. <laughs> Complaining about rich celebrity shit nobody <laughs> listening can possibly relate to. Right. <laughs> and saying some real shit in a real boring way. That could either, like, relate to something about, like, romance or something yes. to that effect. absolutely. Because you know, that's the thing. This album is called Certified Lover Boy. Uh, and going in, I was thinking, oh, okay, I see. We're going to get a whole bunch of fucking love song anthems. We're going to get a whole bunch of fucking bops. It's going to be like, you know, it, it will no longer be questioned whether or not I am the lover boy of hip-hop. I've got all these. He fucking did the fucking thing where he, uh, you know, uh, etched in his hairline the goddamn heart. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, he, okay. He fucking took the online test. He printed out the certificate. <laughs> right. Certified, bona fide lover boy here. And I did forget his third mode. Uh, mild, subtle misogyny. So uh, Yeah, right. And, uh, and these things are interchangeably throughout. It is so, a special Drake brand of not exactly aware he's being sexist, but being very sexist. Yeah. But we'll get to that. We gotta start with champagne poetry. We gotta, okay, and this is the other thing I wanna bring up, right? Just right before, because this ties into the lyrics of the actual album. Uh, 
when promoting this album, he decided to put out a bunch of uh, pure black poster, but with white letters, with certain lyrics from the album, right? Yeah, and he printed them on shirts. Yeah, and when I saw them, though, I was like, wait, because these lyrics were so goddamn corny and not good. I was like, are these from other, like, Drake albums? But it was like, but I don't remember those lyrics. Because one of the first one was like, oh, you're a lesbian, me too, girl, or some weird shit like that. And I was like, yeah. wait, did he already say that? I could have sworn he said something that corny before. That's the funny thing with Drake. We've been talking about this fucker collectively <laughs> combined on YouTube, even outside of the show, in our own personal shows, we've reviewed Drake things. Right. This man has not grown or evolved as an artist in years! <laughs> right. We are still stuck in the mud <laughs> with Drake. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, I was, like, legit, like, the line here, and I, I kind of, like, I want to make sure I get it right, because, like, which track is it? It's like, oh, girls want girls. How can I fucking Girls admit? want girls, of course! Uh, yeah, you say oh. that you're a lesbian girl, me too. Me too. <laughs> that was the line that was on posters. Like, oh. when you fucking drive into a city, and, you know, you see the big poster God. there, like, driving to New York City. Damn it. Like, uh, you know, in addition to the fucking poster for the Lion King, whatever the fuck, you saw the poster for, yeah, you say that you are a lesbian girl, me too. Like, a certified lover boy coming soon. Like, oh what? God. That's what you, like, you might as well just put the fucking, uh, uh, are you into girls too, lesbianist? You might as well put that up. It's just as corny. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's really bad. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? And the thing is, it's not even true with the with the gravitas of that line, right? Because in that song, he was like, let's be on. You know, he was fucking pushing it in your face. He was, he was line, elbowing you in the side. Right. With this line, he starts off Girls Want Girls with like, yeah, you say that you're a lesbian girl, me too. Hey, girls want girls where I'm from. Like, he doesn't even treat it as if this is a ridiculous line. He tries to just treat it like, anyways, on with the song. Like, no, that was no. corny as shit, bro. Like, uh-uh. You're not uh-uh, you're not just gonna act like that was a wacky shit, like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> not and only he, has he not grown as an artist, but he hasn't matured as a person. Yeah, and oh my god, so throughout this whole album, let me just say the first line on Champagne Poetry. Honestly, one of the songs that I thought was one of the better songs on the album. It is one of the better ones, yeah. Once you get past the first line, which is like, huh, I've been hot since the birth of my son. Ah! I remain unfazed, trust, worst has been done. Oh! Uh, the cover of the album, Drake. <laughs> Right! This album basically feels like the personification of the rage meme with the fake unbothered face in front of it. You know, like, <laughs> you can see the tears streaming down the face behind it, but it's putting on like, yeah, checkmate, lib, like, whatever the fuck thing, you know? <laughs> but you can tell he's, like, still raging about something. <laughs> I don't love the, uh, what is it? Chipmunk Soul? Album. Littered all throughout this album. Interestingly enough, as he disses Kanye West. But, yeah, you know, I mean... He totally, definitely has a reason for that as we get to that track, though. <laughs> you can fucking tell he's wearing his goddamn influences on his wrist, but yeah, it's very <laughs> ironic in this case. The, I love you, I love you, until I, until I sample mm -hmm. in Champagne Poetry. Yeah, it was Again, 
It wouldn't be so bad if it didn't play for the entire fucking duration in the background. Like, right, right. If that was just the intro, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- there's a couple songs on this album that have two parts. The first half totally sounds like a warm-up. And it's like, okay, now I'm for real with the second part. Like, forget everything up to this point. That was just, that was the pre-show. So much a warm-up to the point where I was like, what is the point of the first part? You could have just given me the second half, because it's, it's not that much of a departure, honestly, from the energy of what the first... Like, it's not like, oh man, the lyrics on this song are so different from the lyrics on this part two, that was like, yeah, I see how you had to split them up. It's like, not really, like... I wrote down for the first verse that there were well-written bars that I forgot what he said as soon as the verse was over. That happens with Drake a lot for me. Yeah, there's not a lot of, like, in-your-face hitting punchlines. There are a lot of, like, ha because I still have success. Huh, what is it of me to say this line? You know, after, you know, re- reaffirming it. You know, lyrics where he says, like, you know, nothing tell the truth like the eyes will. Lives so much for others don't remember how I feel. Friends that hide places and friends that I hide still. Still manage to moonwalk straight through a minefield. You know, it's sort of literally like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying like that. But, like, it's like there are lyrics like that all throughout this album, but it's like there's nothing that really makes you go like, oh, that's a bar. Put, throw this up on Instagram. You know, like. No. There's put this on a fucking billboard. Like put this on a shirt right. and sell it for money. There's a few parts on Champagne Poetry I, re- I wrote down that I feel are worth quoting. This first couplet, future sign the contracts, he don't even show it to me. I don't have to second guess nothing with no one I love. Drake, I'd still look at those contracts. Like, (laughs) I'd, uh... In the industry the way it is with a bunch of fucking, you know, money men trying to make sure they're ripping you off at every possible conceivable angle. I don't, no counter, no counter chickens too quickly. (laughs) And, And I don't know, future never really came across to me as, like, an upstanding, honorable dude, so... When I heard that line t- talking about him signing something, I thought it was, like, a fucking... It felt to me like some Nicolas Cage shit, where it's just like, oh, uh, are you cool? Because you know how Nicolas Cage, like, owes, you know, uh, he bought a couple of islands, maybe, before he had the money straight, so... I, I feel that similar way with Future, possibly, concerning his baby mamas, you know, he still kind of has to pay this, and so that's why he's kind of putting out so much music so quickly. Wasn't that kind of, like, perceived wisdom at a certain point, when he was, like, putting out, like, double albums and shit with the future Hendrix shit where it's just like, oh, you owe some people some money, don't we? No, <laughs> <I'm> no. Like... <laughs> um, then, once we get into part two, um, it's still got that original sample, but, like, it's running at a, like, way lower, and I think they, like, took off the pitch shift, so it's, like, going at a normal pitch. And Drake here, th- there are parts in the album where I generally do worry and feel for Drake, and mm. I don't know if that's just me being gullible or naive, but there have been times sprinkled through his career, like even on work, the fucking Rihanna song, we've pointed it out, how oh, Drake yeah. will randomly throw in that, like, there are people plotting and, like, praying for his downfall. and Right, and when you're that famous, it's like, okay, I understand the paranoia to a certain extent. Yeah, right? and that's that's what I have down here, is the, the typical... Drake paranoia, but it's also mixed with, like, real-life stressors that literally, like, up to a point, did give me some secondhand anxiety. I have written down here the, uh, I know I tend to talk about how I got fortune on me, but that comes with the politics the city been forcing on me. 
Mm. Man, I can't even R.I.P. and show and show my remorse to the homie. No, I carry the guilt of the city's misfortune on me. I even got the cleaning staff plotting extortion on me. My parents' divorce is on me. My mm. therapist's voice is making the choices for me. Mm. And I always censor myself because no matter what, they reporting on me. I was like, mm. you know, Drake... Mm-hmm. You really do make your existence sound like a fucking living hell here. Like, I don't know. There have been times like where he's talking about, you know, like, scrutinized. Yeah, like I'm smelling like a vacation. Ah, life <laughs> so easy. And then ah, I still feel guilty for my parents' divorce. And it's like, oh, my fucking God, Drake. <laughs> right. Jesus. But then I have written down following that up. He goes, um, how they turn it up with you turned you in for rewards how the do we manage to win everything but awards? There's like a little a little censor yeah, gap. Yeah, they edited that. What was that about? Because I think it was just the word fuck, right? Like, and he literally just said, like, I always censor myself. So I was like, is he literally just censoring himself? Because he just said the N word in the previous line, right? So like, <laughs> it was a weird moment. Where like, is, was he trying to make a, mo- a point of that? <laughs> if it was getting censored, you would have you would have censored that out too. It was like, there's no way you could have said something worse than fuck there. Like, yeah. nothing else really makes sense in that context. So yeah, uh, and it, that's the only time it happens. This isn't the Kanye album where we're just right. dropping See, every curse, you know? Yeah. See, I, I had a moment where like, I just because by proxy, I was thinking like, wait, was that? A reference to Kanye? I'm going, no. <laughs> oh, it could have been. Oh, I shit. I album for no real reason. <laughs> um, but then we got uh, Poppy's Home, which I thought, again, yeah. had another annoyingly affected vocal yeah. sample. Yeah, and, and this one, like, this one was like, it felt like the song, same song as before, but I can tell it's a different song, but it still feels like you're doing the same thing where you're like, Oh, I'm, you know, speeding up the voice, but having, like, barely uh, any beat work underneath it, which is a similar thing where, like, this whole album where it's just, like, beats that are just kind of, like, barely there kind of as a thing, you know, just the... Yeah. Like, that's basically fucking it for one of these fucking tracks. It was like, oh my god, like, do something. And that, that's what I was saying earlier. I was like, I thought these were going to be fucking, you know, it's called Certified Lover Boy, CLB. I thought these were going to be like, oh boy, you know, hide your ladies. You know what I'm saying? Hide your wife. Oh, when you hear these tracks, the panties are dropping. But not really. <laughs> In fact, a lot of these songs are very much exposing how he feels to the point where it's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't see how you would think any woman would be like, oh, this is the lover boy of our ages, you know, how to, like, there's one music video I saw, it, it was, uh, it was for the I'm Too Sexy song, mm-hmm. which is one of the few songs that actually did feel like it was living up to what this album was, was, uh, purported to be about, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm too sexy, and in the music video, there's an animated portion where it was like, Future's, like, flexing, and he's flexing so hard that one woman gets, like, pregnant, and she's like, oh, and then another woman gets, like, she, like, accidentally gets pregnant, and it's like, whoa, and, like, Future actually has a moment where he looks, like, stressed out, where he's like, oh, shit, I'm actually... This is a problem. I, <laughs> oh like, shit! Babies are going to come out in nine months. Wait a minute. This isn't like a. This isn't like a punchline joke. Like I'm going to have to deal with the repercussions of this. Like I like wish one, I would have seen the video. I hadn't seen yeah, that yet. It's like one of those joke things where it's like, oh, all these women get pregnant because like they're so turned on. But then you see his reaction where he's like, uh oh, like <laughs> this is gonna be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I like, like that. Oh, I think I need to stop. Like I, I shouldn't flex too much. Wait a minute. <laughs> I wish that carried over into the song itself. <laughs> right, right. 
But um, how did you feel yeah. about your girl? Who, what, 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 when Nicki Minaj showed up for no reason? Uh, okay. <laughs> Look, I don't know what the fuck she's doing here, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> remember when on Queen, when I sounded very confident? <laughs> Let me just do that part without any of the verses. <laughs> I don't know if she even knew exactly what she was doing here. The only redeemable part to me, and it's because I love it every time she does it, it's when she just sounds like she just becomes unfucking hinged by the end of it. And she's <laughs> if someone would just quote that part, like someone needs to be like Kanye West uh, in, in Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and be like, I know how to use you. Just this one part where you sound insane. <laughs> the end of Anaconda, where Nikki is just like. <laughs> This ass has got him hypnotized. I've gone mad with power. I fuck. Like I mark out every time she does that. I really do like when she does that. But everything leading up to it is just like I'm gonna beat your ass. Like yeah, was that worth the laugh? Yeah, like I'm gonna let you. Like it's it's the fucking oh you girls are my sons shit again. But yeah. we're still on that kick. But now it's just like for real. Like I really am the parent. I'm going to beat your ass. If she had said some DJ drama level shit, right? Then it would be fun. Yeah. You know I mean? Like I ain't paying job support for you bitch ass motherfuckers. I'm like Drake. I don't give a fuck. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> like you know. <laughs> I forgot my present company. Oops. <laughs> Now that'd be funny. <laughs> if they was on some fucking Eminem shit, you know how like fucking sometimes you'll hear like a D12 song where like uh, Swifty McVeigh will diss Eminem on something and it'll be like, wait, what? Are you allowed to do that? <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> Speaking of Poppy's Home had one lyric yeah, with Nicki on it. It was like starting off, yeah, where he goes like, to all my sons worldwide, I walked out only on my son, all my juniors, I left you and my mother's hand. Something like that. And it turns out like he's kind of saying it would be like oh all the pe- you know all the styles that I've fathered from all the people who were like uh-huh. copying me but like yeah when you have the album cover it, you know looking like it is and then starting off like, to all my sons worldwide it's just like it felt like at the start it was just like oh is he gonna confess to like more kids on the- <laughs> like, that's what I said was gonna be the deal last week I, I called like, oh. it but like I don't know if this is, like, I mean, it's your life, whatever, Drake, but it feels very awkward when you make so many allusions to it. It definitely feels like the, I'm going to try to get ahead of yes. the critics by making my own jokes, which, whatever, you know. Yeah, it feels like he's not doing good enough with that. Because, no. like, <laughs> if you're doing that, like, hmm, you know, if you did it right, I could imagine being on your side. It's one of those things, like, I see what you're trying to do, but... Oh, so close, but no cigar. Like You, you definitely like, haven't endeared me to you yet, Drake. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> it ain't working that well. Yeah, and especially when you have lines fucking starting off track three with, oh, you say that you're a lesbian girl, me too. God <laughs> damn it. This song is so fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Um, yeah, girls want girls. Um, I just have written down here, tell me... Tell me you don't have any queer people in your life without telling me you don't have any queer people in your life. If you oh think Lord. you can fucking get away with, yeah, my... say that you a lesbian girl, me too. Like, Ugh. I'm sorry. In 2021, Ugh. please, and, not and, and, like this. And I'm not even, like, saying it's even worth it for the buildup that comes up to it. But, like, the lyric before it isn't even fucking worth it with the fucking... Because it's like, he rhymes through with through. Like, it's not even like a fucking... It's like, staring no. at your dress because it's see-through. Yeah, talking all that shit. 
Yeah, yeah, talking all that shit that you've not been through, like, like, uh, through it through, like it's not even a, it's not even like a, oh, but the rhyme scheme worked. How could you blame me for how? Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then fucking little baby, he does the same shit. Uh, shit like eating pussy. I'm like, me too. Stop. Uh, he, he elaborates it even more and it says it's just like, oh, oh, I'm with these two chicks that are so hot and I buy them all this shit. And, like, it's not even like a fucking, you know, like it's trying to push it as like, yeah, I, like if you could stretch it as far as you could, it'll be like, oh, maybe it's about polyamorous relationships and him being with two women. But it's just like still like it's not even that good enough to even be worth that, you know, because it's still just totally like, oh, look, I got two chicks. They're like twins because I'm buying them everything. It's the same thing. I didn't even like I don't even have to. You know, I'm not even trying to think like presently enough as to what they both would want to buy them different individual things for what they want. No, I'm just buying them the same thing. Like, so they're fine with it. It's like the twins, <laughs> you know, like it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know what um, I mean? Another thing that they do on this that like. Man, like, Drake trying to sweet-sing on this song made me fucking laugh. Like, this is not the fucking time or place. And it's so rambly and boring. Look, is- yeah, Drake oh was mumbling on this track, and I already lost my fucking interest. That That is the easiest, quickest way to make me not give a fuck about your song is when you just start mumbling. This track has a lot of, like, you know, it's a very sleepy-sounding beat, and he the way he's rapping is that, like, offbeat thing but it's like offbeat on purpose where it's like one two three four that's the beat and he's like one two man girl and i'm gonna get you that dress girl you know i'm better but i didn't know you're not stressed it's like rapping like right on the offbeat and right it's like, yeah this would work if you were saying something that was interesting or the beat was lively enough where it mattered and made it feel like made it feel like there was an importance to that offbeatness but when it's just this low-key beat and you just rapping on this offbeat note it just sounds boring. It just sounds like like I get what you're doing from a musical like perspective, but it's like it's so easy to be like, yeah. But to the average lead person, just just sounds like you're being lazy and you're not even staying on the beat because the music is so laid back and you are so laid back relative to what's happening and you're not saying anything that's important. Another thing that comes up on a few of these tracks that is just sonically unpleasant to me is the way they use auto tune, especially on Little Baby's verse. He's rapping too fast, and he just sounds warbly. Yeah, I just... Like, there's somebody else, too, who just ends up, like, unintelligible. It's just like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Oh, uh, Travis Scott, in part of his verse. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're trying to say. You might as well have cut that off. There was nothing. I have no clue, man. <laughs> Uh, in the Bible, I have written down here, I wanted to quote, Fuck the hundred N-words, how them N-words love you now. You don't know love. You don't know love like my child. Oh. Lay your ass down. <laughs> then that liquor got you fired up. Turn up every day, girl. It don't say that in the Bible. Can't give it up because you love that lifestyle. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> That's how I'm reacting in real time. 
like I'm trying to just let you read the lyrics, but just the way it's affecting me in real time is just like I'm just remembering the lyrics. It's like oh, just on top of the fucking like you said the misogyny, on top of that the fucking what was that lyric where you said about his first child? Uh, say it again. I'm sorry. I just need to hear exactly what you oh, said. Oh, uh, you don't know love. You don't love me like my child. Ugh, get out of what? here. Like again, it's so that retroactively like I've been a great father all along. What are you oh. talking about? Like, oh, stop it. It's like, so <laughs> unfortunate. Like, I thought the verses were like okay, but man, this chorus ruins it. The verses all the time, like. It felt like for some of these songs, like, some of the verses actually weren't that bad. Like, they weren't, like, raising my eye or anything. But it would just be like, but you're not pulling this together. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's a line in Dirk's verse. I, I had to write this down, because I was like, huh? Because I, I thought he did okay. But then he ends his verse with, back to back, I'm wrestling with him. Lean voice, I'm raspy with it. I did my dance one time on TikTok and went viral with it. Yeah, what? That's what? how you end a verse? It, yeah, and I was just What? Like, it, what is it? Okay, so, am I getting this one? This was on In the Bible, right? Yes. Yes. The, again, certified lover boy. I, <laughs> Hear my I, I song In the Bible. Is it supposed to be some impressive thing? Like, yeah, you're like an accomplished rapper on a Drake album. Like, <laughs> that's a pretty big accomplishment. More so than... Having a dance on TikTok, I'd imagine. Yeah, like, 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 even if that was true, like, as a thing that happened, it's just like, like, you're, you know, just hardcore gangster rapper, uh, like, and I'm on the song, like, you know, maybe I'm going to talk about my, like, my love, too, you know, hey, 50 Cent made a song called, you know, uh, 21 Questions, where he, he was talking about his love, you're like, whatever, yes. like, okay, you know, I'm allowing you to have, like, it's okay for you to have that fucking, like, softer moment, you know, people have different facets of them, and then you ended with... Oh, my t- TikTok dance went viral. <laughs> like, what? Was like, okay, and? What am I supposed to get from that? Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I was just confused more than anything. It was just like, that's not a hot line to end on, Dirk. That's nothing. Yeah. It's just like, oh my god. This. I did like Giveon. Is that how you pronounce their name? Yeah. G- whoever Gideon did the, the outro. Yeah. I did like the outro. It fit with what was happening, you know what I'm saying? Now. With what should have been happening, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, okay, let me double check. Okay. The next two songs are my favorite songs on the album. Um, Let me see. You know, I can see why. I can see fucking why. Love All <laughs> with a, compared to last week, Yep. Solid verse from Jay-Z. Yep. Much Solid improved. Verse. Solid verse. And fair trade. I think yeah. these two are the best cuts. Uh, fair trade featuring yeah. Travis Scott and Charlotte Day Wilson. And you know, I'm going to say this. I think uh, fair trade had the best fucking hook. And I think that's yes. largely contributes yes. to that. Yes. I've been losing friends and finding peace. Honestly, yes. that sounds like a fair trade to me. Yes. 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 If, yes. If you can make me feel what you're talking yep. about, I don't give a fuck about the egotism and all that shit. No. Nope. If you can make me 
feel it. When yep. he said that shit, it's like, sounded like a fair trade to me. I'm like, I got you, Drake. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, peace of mind. Look, if I got to have less friends, if that means I'm cool, I, you know, I, if I can get you, if I can feel what you're talking about, it doesn't matter how much you're being egotistic you are. You know what I'm saying? You can make me feel that shit. And on this track, yeah, I felt that more than any other fucking hook. And that was the thing that made me have that, like, you know, uh, really remembering moment of, like, if anything, even if you don't like the fucking Verses that he's saying, rambling, whatever the fuck. These hooks you're supposed to fucking love. And I had that moment where it's like, yeah, these hooks ain't really catching me like that. And it's like, ooh, yeah, that that's supposed that to be the one. Even if you don't like the fuck, that's supposed to. And yeah, this one was catching me. But I remember, like, even on the other, you know, on the other albums, he had shit like, you know, Passion Fruit, fucking uh, Controller, Controller. You know, you couldn't deny that that was catchy, though. Very like, catchy. Was like, yep. oh, Drake on his shit again. It was like, ah, but you still tapping your fucking toe. You're like, I didn't get that with a lot of these tracks. And I was like, uh-oh. No. Like, even if you're not fucking Smith, you, you know, I, I'm the lyrics guy, but sure, fuck it. You know, you don't have to be the extra lyrical, whatever the fuck, dude. But get me with these hooks. But I was like, what hook after listening to this album maybe three times now was I going like, oh, man, I can't help but sing that one. It was fair trade and maybe how many other ones? Yeah. How many? And I was like, fuck the verses. Fuck being lyrical. Fuck me talking yeah. about like, oh, but, uh, nah, nah, nah. But if you got hooks, it don't matter. But I'm like, where the hooks though? Where the hooks at? For the most part, this is an album best enjoyed in the background. Yeah. Don't pay too close attention to the lyrics. But it sounds okay enough. <laughs> right. Um, now, uh, Drake decided, though, he made a conscious effort. He made a decision here. He thought the album was getting too hype. Right. He wanted to cool you down a little bit. These fucking mid-tempo tracks for the most part. Anyway, but um, yeah. Too sexy for the trap. Too sexy for and the cat. Too you sexy know, for this earth. Too sexy know. for this world. Future. Muse. No. You know what's weird? No. When I heard the sample at uh, first, I had yeah. the moment of like, what? He's using this sample. Oh, how ridiculous. And then when I heard what he was doing, the like, and the way it was, like, mixed into the beat, too sexy. Like, no. how cool the motherfucker said, I was like, you know, if you got the right lyrics, you can make this work. And then the verses and the hook started. And it was like, God Dude, I'm trying to give you props on this one. Like, it was one of those songs that I was going to be like, oh, shit, is this the big hot single that, like, ah, but you can't even deny. I know I used the ch- the, the corny-ass 90s song. I know I did it, but you liked it, didn't you? You liked it, you son of a bitch. And with the sample, with with how it sounded so blasé, like, to New York and Japan, with how it was used in the beat, I was like, damn it, Drake, ah, you fucking got... And then when the hook it was so fucking generic, and then the verse was just being generic i was just like god damn it like <laughs> you, you had me with me the first half dude too. right oh you had me worried you had me sitting over here thinking you were about to be like you know what though <laughs> right. my expectations for this track were pretty low but he fucking sold me on it no you, you no 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 it, but it's like nah it's completely deniable look this- man <laughs> the sample itself already was like no as soon as, feeling, as soon as the sample like, started nah. I was like, no, ah, I don't need to hear this. 
<laughs> but then future oh, after oh, that yeah. was like yeah. oh man y'all are really testing my patience here uh, too sexy for this lead too sexy for my cup too sexy just all these uh. generic fucking things so then drake has a verse which i thought was all right but okay. to sit through that much future <laughs> right? because you think you get the, that long ass chorus again <laughs> And then a future verse too. And a long ass future verse too. If no, I- <laughs> it's way too much. <laughs> so by <laughs> that point, I'm sexy. Uh, uh, I'm sexy. Uh, I'm too sexy. Uh, <laughs> so by that point, I was absolutely being like, "Thug, I'm sorry. I don't know if I might just have to bail before your verse again." And then I heard it, and I was like, "That was not worth the wait." Yeah. At all. I'm now, really mad now. <laughs> hold up, though. I will say, again, with all these Young Thug verses, it's so weird. Like, he starts it kind of interesting, where he's like, he, again, his voice sounds different in his delivery. Sounds different than everyone else, right? He's like, too sexy to count Fetty. Ah, my net spaghetti. Woo! Red diamond spaghetti. Hey, <laughs> this paper. I said, whoa. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. But then I like his verse, energy, yeah. Yeah, but then as the verse, again, went on, it was just like, yeah, but you're not saying any punchlines that really are kind of like hitting and everything. Like, it's like every fucking time it's like clockwork. I'll just be like, I want to like this. <laughs> but it's just like, you're not doing enough as the verse progresses. It's just like, he goes like, oh, but this flow's different from everyone else. So that's all I need to do. It's like, mm, uh, I see how it could seem like that's all you need to do relative to, you know, how much everyone else isn't trying, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, oh, suppose it doesn't go. And then we get TSU, the, the first minute of this track with this slow ass voice. We're just like, yeah, oh my God, what the fuck was that? Bag. What's up, What's ladies? Southside. And I'm like, oh my God, Southside. will you just get to the, just not start the song? Get to the point, Drake! <laughs> I get it. Oh, certified Texas representing a dude who actually has a Texas accent. Real shit. But it's like, get to the point. What's up, Bay City? What's up, all the ladies in Louisiana? Ah, No. (laughs) I did not care for that. I'm not going to hear. I'm not going to want to listen to this every time, bro. No, fuck no. Absolutely not. This song is so, like, as it's it's set up, especially when you get to the hook, it's supposed to be that fucking, oh, this for all the ladies at TSU. Hey, fucking bust it wide open when you hear this joint. You think anyone was going to want to hear the first fucking minute and a half of this fucking slow talking like no it's not worth it in too deep oh my god and this what started off it had some fucking guitars in there i was like oh 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 i I was uh feeling like at the beginning of fucking jail by kanye west i was like oh Oh, yeah oh you got some clean ass guitars oh where are you gonna take this oh shit oh oh it's a certified lover boy but you're gonna give us a little bit more than we bargained for you're gonna take us to another shot not really no not really no No. it's another warm-up part one (laughs) warming you up for part two for this switch up that means nothing they didn't switch the topic they didn't switch really the energy really oh but but rc we got our boy Future again! 
I don't understand. Ah! I don't understand. Of all people to go twice. It's only been a song in between. <laughs> Can you please give us a bit more of a break than that? <laughs> oh, I know. I, Drake knows you were thirsty. You were that one Drake oh. verse. You are like, God damn it. Ah, future only on for one verse again on the Drake. Um, oh, what a shame. Uh, what a shame you wouldn't spoil us with more than one verse. What can it be? The mumbled mouth uh, fucking virtuoso himself has returned twice. <laughs> Ever since Jumpman, I can't get enough of the Drake future one two-hit combo. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, not here for that. Now, the next three songs I thought were okay. I literally wrote down, I, I just don't understand what's happening enough for this track to feel distinguishable enough from the last. <laughs> Drake really wants you to pipe down, and he doesn't know what he's got to do to make you pipe down. I'm like, I don't know what you're really talking about, but it sounds okay, I guess. Uh, Yeba's Heartbreak? This singer, who's actually, like, fucking her vocal delivery sounds committed to, you know what I mean? And the echoing in, in, yes. in the musicality is actually coming from, you know, the piano, which is, like, you know, like, playing the notes so, like, virtuosically. And so, like, yeah, of course, the you know, they're, they're pushing yep. down the pedal to give you that, that big echoey sound. Like, and, and, you know, maybe there's, like, one or two, like, uh, uh, studio sound effects to help it with things. But also, like, I was just listening. I was like, oh, my God. This is a track, and it totally fits. It hits all those cylinders of like the Drake slowed down very like, but it works because it's yeah. this woman just playing fucking or whoever's playing piano and her singing, and it's just like, oh, this is just a solid ass track. Okay, it's like, damn, you really shouldn't have put this on here because now I really want to listen to this person's music, and it's just reminding me how much you're not like fitting this lover boy thing, right? Like, because this song was all about like love and all this yeah. other stuff, and it was just like, yeah. Where are those tracks? Where are the tracks? Where is this like, you know, maybe even if it's not that deep, but it's like, ah, oh, but I got you with the hug tonight. Hey, you know, like, where are right. those songs? Now, how about Certified Lover Boy? No friends in the industry. Drake with his gravelly whisper rapping trying to sound hard. That one was okay. Like, I, I, I like the energy of that one. And in fact, there was one point on that track where, like, the beat switched up musically and something that was, there was like a synth that kicked in right when he says like, and I got a contract and it's Max. Since I got in contract, she attached. And it was like, like it was something, it was like something happened where it was just like, just the difference of musicality in that moment. Maybe just like, had like made my ears perk up. Where I was just like, oh, 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 are we about to drop? Oh, oh, oh shit. And it, and it didn't really end up dropping, but it was just like, but it made me feel how, like, if you get the musicality working in a certain way, you can make maybe some of these songs pop. But it was like, making me feel like how, you know, lyrically, it's not that great and delivery is not that great. But it's like the production is further give, uh, doing him a disservice by how it's not really popping for him. You know, like a, a lot of these tracks just kind of sound samey. I remember actually that we talking on uh, Views from the Six. I remember having that point where it was like it felt like 40, the producer for him, is doing more experimental shit. And he's kind of still on the same sort of shit, you know. So I remember having that feeling. And it kind of feels like for this album, someone told him like, hey, hey, calm it down. All right. Like, don't. Don't make me feel like I need to be too ambitious lyrically with these songs, okay? So, so, so that I can continue at the same pace for every single song. After Way Too Sexy, I thought that that was going to be the worst song on the album. Mm. Easily. <laughs> no. 
Oh. That's gotta be knife talk. Oh. That's gotta be the fucking worst. Okay, no. Let me... Yeah, oh, okay, defend yourself. <laughs> so when I first heard the song, right, you know, all these, starting off, I'm like, oh, yeah, gutter niggas. Yo, don't come around here. We might gut you in the stomach. You know, no, no, no. I'm like, Drake, this isn't you. <laughs> like, no. this, this is not you. This Project Pat intro. Right? I'm like, oh, come on. I'm like, he's so trying to go, hey, look, I'm down with Texas. I'm down with Houston. It's like, but is this you, though? <laughs> like, what are you doing? I just gotta read this off because I just thought this was crap for an intro. That juicy J flow. Street life will have you catch it up to God quicker. Sticker, AK-47 to your liver. Let the chopper bang on you like a blood or a cripper. Flipper, so much bread, I'm a Jiminist. Jiminist? I thought, hey, at least he didn't do Jiminista. You know, he could have. But now, the the race is on. Who had a worse showing? <laughs> Project Pat or the reigning undefeated 21? <laughs> let it bang, bang, let it bang, bang, till his brains hang and his mama sang. And the pastor sang, and then bullets sang, and then choppers sang, and the choir now, sang. Can I tell you something? Oh no! This this hook was weak as goddamn water. Like this was so bad. <laughs> so, but it was a weird thing where it was just like, but for Twenty One Savage. This wasn't that bad. So it was like, like to me, I was like, huh. Like the verses when he said, uh, Smith and Weston, I'm a 4L gang reppin'. We done baptized more niggas than the damn reverend. Kappa Alpha, me and my gang, we do all the steppin'. Who you checkin'? This effin' shoot east to westin'. I was like, hmm. Was That's actually, not bad, yeah. yeah. Put some Maltese in there? I was like, okay, 21 Savage. Like, so for a 21 Savage song, this wasn't that bad. But for a, oh, uh, the 21 uh, Champagne Poppy collaboration, it was just like, uh, why did we, whose energy, What? who is this working for? And then the piano coda at the end for no reason. <laughs> they were trying stuff with the piano on this album. Yeah. I don't know if it ever really worked. The next stretch is not very good, in my opinion. Now, hold on a second. I will have to say, 7 a.m. on Bridal Path is the best song on this album. Because it's the only one where it was where my ears perked up. And I was like, uh, what? What? You talking about someone? Uh, Kanye? What? Uh, what? Excuse me? He was calling out Kanye. And, I, and after we had to listen to Kanye's album, you know, I'd say a God little... Goddamn you, Drake. Yeah, a little extra context made me, made me appreciate these lyrics a little bit more. Kanye and Drake had kind of been known for being like, oh, you guys ain't real rappers. You had people write your shit for you. You know, like, that's our shit. So when he brings up this lyric where he says, uh, um, and I got the flows, niggas still like boot toes. Uh, you reaching new lows. Letting me take the rap for that Casper the ghost shit while you finding all types of loopholes. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's like, look, we're already in the muck. You could have at least fucking been here with me, but you pushed me down. You pushed me underneath the bus so that you could be on top. Fuck you, Kanye. I'm, I see what you're doing. Uh, and then raised my mind after that. It, it was cool, but again, I was like, he's not really hitting these hooks out of the park. Like, I, w I wasn't really endeared to the Biggie samples. 
Yeah, it, oh my god, there was, and there was one part, like, randomly at the beginning of the track with Jay-Z, who, you just heard someone with a vaguely British boy who was just like, uh, uh, previously on Ready to Die. I was like, uh, what the fuck was that? No. <laughs> to put that on your track with Jay-Z, you know, like, that's, you're trying to say something. And then didn't he have a lyric earlier on the album where he was just like, Oh, you know, uh, I used to want to throw up the rock sound, but uh, we know how things have been going since then. It's just like, uh oh, it's like it's one of those times. Like, it's not a direct diss, but I'm like, I'm just saying we're doing uh, way better. Uh, you know, it's like, so did did you you didn't you didn't tell Jay Z about that line, did you? <laughs> like, and I did like the flush of harps that kind of come yeah. in every now and then. That was kind of cool. No, I needed the love, but I think I value the hate more. Picture me caring what niggas say on Wi-Fi they didn't pay for. It's just like little lines like that. Like, oh. That is a good <laughs> line, <damn>. though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, that's what you should have put on fucking t-shirts and shit. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, missing the opportunities. Instead of these fucking, oh, I said that I love you yesterday. You should have asked me today or some whack shit where you put on the t-shirt. Fountains was nothing of a track. Oh, uh, the dance hall beat. Yeah, even as me, the person who's like, oh, you know, I love into, but this is fucking Tropic House. This ain't really fucking, you know, uh, Jamaican dance hall rhythm. You know what I mean? This is fucking, you got uh, the producer for a Justin Bieber track who makes Tropic House oh. generic shit to sell the, you know, the European crowd. Get along better mumbling right out the gate. I'm bored. Uh, <laughs> that's all I have written down for that one. I'm bored. And this is one of those songs, when I thought about the concept of it, I was like, oh, this could work in the Certified Lover Boy sort of, like, framework. I'm like, oh, I get along better with your friend. Oh, I'm, I'm you know, getting with your friend. And, you know, like, in the verse, he tries to, this is not about revenge. It's like, yeah, but, you know, when you, Drake, specifically bring that up, it's like, kind of sounds like it is. But um, <laughs> within the verses, it didn't actually feel that way. I kind of did feel like the, it, the point was that, like, oh, here's this woman who's, you know, not respecting what I'm doing for her. You know, like the time that I'm putting in, you know what I mean? And so it's like, oh, dang, if I get along better with a friend, like, shit, oh, maybe that's telling me something, you know? Like, I kind of dig what he was going for, but it's like, it felt like he needed to commit more to what the bit was, you know? I Like, I, I should have felt like this was going to fucking replace uh, Usher's, you make me want to leave the one I'm with, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I should have been, like I said, if it's going to be called Certified Lover Boy, I need to hear these fucking, our, our fucking joints for the ladies, you know? Like, I need to hear how this shit is going to be like, ooh, I can see how, god damn, yeah, I, I wouldn't have nothing to say against that if Drake came up and said that line to the lady, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, he doesn't, he's not that guy. Yeah, and so it feels like a misnomer to call the album that. With know? a guy who's had so much, like, so much practice to be that guy. Yeah, I'm too good, yeah. You know, all these songs, you know. <laughs> if you fucking told me an album coming up, oh, it's called uh, Certified Lover Boy, I would not guess it would be Drake. There's a lot of caveats that just give it to him by default, but, like, he didn't earn it. <laughs> it's just because there's no one else yeah. there. That's the thing. It's like, and like, I, I'm remembering, like, he is known for doing the love songs, but when I think of the main songs, I was like, but those were from like five, six years ago with Rihanna and such and such. Like, he doesn't really do the songs that are like, God damn, oh, you know, watch your wife, because he just might, you know, take her with what he's saying. No, like, when you listen to his songs, it is kind of clear that, like, yeah, he's not stealing your girlfriend, because he still kind of sounds like hung up on you. Like, the biggest song you know, hit song about love that I can remember is Hotline Bling, and that wasn't Miss, a Mr. Steal Your Girl track. That was a, I sound really fucking... I lost uh, my girl. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like I said, if it's like uh, maybe giving you the different facets of the lover boy, right? Like the love song as well as the lost love. Like you get that. But it doesn't really feel like that's what this album is doing. It doesn't feel like this album has that connection. Overall, it feels like it's another Drake album where he's maybe talking about like, you know, love and how these women just don't appreciate him enough or whatever. But it's mostly about like... You know, like the I'm paranoid and the haters and I've got more money than them. And, you know, like, and girl, you don't appreciate me enough, which is like, I, I don't know if that's the lover boy, you know, like. That comes up on the album a few times. And like, that's just kind of the attitude I do associate with Drake. And unfortunately, yeah. songs that come to mind are like, you better find your love. Like early, early Drake. But even then, he's fucking oh, nah, shutting nah, shit down in the mall, telling that goes to the woman. Right. Like, even then, it's not consistent. But then yeah, other yeah. songs I think about are that fucking, like, we're fighting at Cheesecake Factory, and I'm gonna drop you back off to the hood. And it's like, that's not the lover boy either. Like, what's happening? Yeah. And that's what he's known for. We can't act like he's not known for that, right? Like, he's not smooth. Rick Ross and Lil Wayne, though. On You Only Live Twice? I thought Drake was the only thing really keeping that song from being better. <laughs> like, I thought Drake, uh, Rick Ross, surprisingly, bringing the fucking energy right out the gate. Uh, yeah. Then I thought Wayne had to fucking pick up the pieces after Drake's verse. I felt like he did if he wouldn't have done that fucking thing where he just repeated, like, pussy niggas under something, pussy niggas under yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. you get past that part. But he actually did have a couple of fucking, uh, a uh, couple of quotables on here. But yeah, with fucking Drake, where he's like, uh, oh, you on vacation, don't ask me about relaxing. Not sure if you know, but I'm actually Michael Jackson. Mm. <laughs> it was like, that's just awkward. Like, yeah, I that's get, weird. You know, with the followers, like, oh, the man I see in the mirror is actually going platinum. It's like, mm. yeah, but... You just tried to say that you're actually Michael Jackson. Like, after that last album where you try to, like, feature Michael Jackson posture. Oh! Like, yeah! Like, you know, like, it's just awkward, man. <laughs> uh, then we get I Am Y 2. Kid Cudi. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. It was not here. No. Nothing to write home about. It was okay, but then when you hear Kid Cudi coming with a, I'm the one she like, right? I was like, uh, taking lessons from Kanye on how to properly bray like a donkey. I was not <laughs> like, fucking with this track at all. Yeah. Catch me ten toes in the line. Right. Oh. Fuck up the world of my life. Right. <laughs> oh. And then, then fucking, fucking fans. fans. <laughs> Another track I have written down here that it's more... you goddamn right. I fuck fans. King me. <laughs> more awful sounding misused autotune, in my opinion, on this oh, one. Oh, man. And there's just the fact that it's called fucking fans. Yeah, I don't need that. Like, That's too weird. <laughs> and it, like, it doesn't even really go into it, but then it does kind of go into it. So it's like, it's kind of weird. Like, it's like, uh, and I'm coming back with a plan. There's money in my hand, baby. You said I was fucking up when I was out here fucking fans. And damn, and it made you look crazy. And it was like, yeah, but she's not crazy because apparently you are. So it seems like you're admitting it. Like, what? Like, why are you saying it? And it's like this weird, first of all, you titled the song Fucking Fans, which is just, ah. 
That's just so awkward off the rip. <laughs> like in the song title. But this is like, he doesn't like make it better where it's just like, you know, maybe it's a sort of like, uh, you know, a hubris track, right? Like, oh man, I thought I was supposed to be loyal to you, but I was out here fucking fans. Like, oh, you know? But then he's just like, these fucking fans. Yeah, right. Like he's annoyed at his fans. That, that, yeah, that would work. Yeah. But then I locked the door that night in Vegas because I had to. Then I had a kid, even though I never planned to. I can't imagine when your girls gave you that news. Uh, like, I know that uh, probably made you want to hit the streets on everything. Made you want to pour bleach on everything. But it was just kind of like a, yeah. I, why did you bring that up? What? Yeah. <laughs> Is it, yeah. Only further making you like, yeah. Yeah, you're not the lover boy at all. The whole facade had fallen when that came out. Yeah, that's right. Like, you know, like, what are you bringing? Like, and it, again, it feels like he's trying to save face by being honest and bringing it up. But it's like, you're not doing enough to really turn it on its ear. I feel like he's being more sarcastic and ironic than anything with the title of the album. Like, it's got to be a joke, right? I mean, especially with yeah, the cover, it's, like it's got to be a joke. Oh, you got me, okay? Like, yeah. <laughs> Then I thought he ended it okay enough with the remorse. Yeah, the remorse. Yeah, that was all right. Um, but then he has this line where he's like, uh, you know, the strings will be unattached. Certified lover boy. I'm not the one for cuddling or none of that. Which, does that not directly contradict? The, I'm a certified lover boy. Not the one for cuddling or none of that. Uh, oh, wait. Huh? Although, it, like, he ended on the, again, it's like a mixed bag, right? Because he ended on one of these lines where he says, um, for the young G's out here starting from the beginning, nobody praying for you when you winning. Never forget it. And, like, he ended the album on that, and that was kind of like a, damn, I get I get that. I get how you're feeling, right? Like, when you're successful, you know, no one's, you know, trying to be like, hey, I hope continued success. Like, you as an individual who's dealing with the stresses of everyday life, right? You know, it does suck that people are like, ah, you've got enough blessings. Fuck you. Like, it does suck to be at that journey and be like, oh, but I'm still a person. You, you don't have to say fuck me. You know, like, <laughs> like I get- They're only wishing for your downfall. So, like, typical Drake stuff, you know, right. not- the continued success, like you said, it's almost always just waiting for that other shoe to drop, you know. Overall, what did you walk away with? I gave it a... I gave it a two and a half out of five. Oh, okay. I ended up giving it a three. <laughs> wow, you gave it a higher rating than me? I'm two for two right I'm now. I'm like zero. <laughs> it doesn't feel good, two for two, because last week, you ended up giving Kanye a two, and I ended up giving him a three on that, too. And I'm starting to question my methods. Uh, <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> me and Fantano both gave this album a three, but his is out of a scale of ten, so... <laughs> I was sitting here like, what the fuck is really going on? How? You know, I think, I really do think, after a certain capacity, with so many tracks, it is hard to get, like, the... like to grab together the general consensus of how you feel like overall right to a certain capacity it gets like, lost yeah 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 you get lost in the sauce it's like wait how did i feel on the first five tracks we're at track 17 now <laughs> like you know and so it's just like the general vibe is that it felt like this was like about average like i can get that you know what i'm saying but it's just like if you were to break down the nitty-gritty it's just like yeah these don't really really hold it up but they're like solid enough but they're not even really solid, because, like, again, it's like, it's one of those things, like, as soon as you look down the, the, you know, 
whatever, the sum of its parts of these tracks. It's like, they don't really hold up like that, but like, yeah, if they are the background, whatever, like they're fine. You know, amongst the track of other drill adjacent sounding tracks with the SoundCloud beats, like, I guess this is a, a bit of a cut above the, the generic rest, right? Like in terms of like quality, but it's not really above the rest where it's just like, stop what the fuck you're doing, listen to this album right now, right? It's just kind of like, by nature of him having more resources, yeah, it's just probably just going to sound a cut above the rest anyway. But, you know... And I feel like I need to say the same thing I said during the Kanye review of that even the songs I thought were good, I don't really see myself revisiting much. Right, right. Like, Like, there's a functional goodness to them, but it's not like a, oh, go back to this track. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a shame. But with all that said, we're going to wrap this week's episode up. Thank you so, so much for spending your time with us. It means so much that you would choose to give us an hour and a half or so of your time a week. That, That really means a lot. And the fact that you actually give a shit what we need to say about these albums right, and that you about our punk ass opinions yeah that you put our opinions that you actually like give it credit and like are interested in that that really means a lot especially if you're paying for these uh requests like with uh switchfoot earlier if there's an album that you would like to hear us talk about either it's an album that you really really like or it's an album you want to torture us with it's all the same. It's Kofi. That's ko-fi.com slash going off. With that, um, I tweeted about this, about the tentative subject may change plan with the review queue and everything. But since then, we've already got two more requests. So it's Ooh. like, well... <laughs> It's what it is. We, we were getting close there for a minute, but that, that fucking carrot keeps getting pulled away from us as, as, as we think we're getting closer and closer to it, the magic number mm. to where we can um, lower the price again. But, you know, we can't complain too much because we're getting paid. And ultimately... Yeah, exactly, and we appreciate it. Yeah, so it's like, eh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, if you're willing to pay, it's like, hey, appreciate it. Hey, you know. I think these people understand what we're doing well enough by now that, you know, I don't think anyone feels right. any way about it. Right. But we do hope to eventually get down to the magic number to where we can lower the price again and people can feel uh, that they can request and afford their requests again, but I'm not sure when that's going to be. So, just keep your eyes open and your ears, and we'll let y'all know as soon as that uh, time comes. But until then, um, you can follow us on our socials, our Twitters, Patreon, Kofi. Yeah, Rap Critical. I'll be doing my Twitch streams. Get with it. Act like you want it. <laughs> and until next time, because I believe we're taking this coming week off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, probably the week after. For going off, I'm Muse. And I'm the rap critic, and I'm too sexy for this podcast. Mm-hmm.